On Aratot, the commanders of the Normandy save the galaxy by destroying the galaxy. Shortly after, on a quest for a USB stick, they make up for the loss of 300,000 lives by signing on 1,183 more squadmates. Technically. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous Video Game Catch-Up Show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today, on episode 10 of season 4, <gasps> not gonna, I got it right this time, <laughs> we will be talking once again about Mass Effect 2, the video game. Uh, we will be covering the Arrival DLC and the IFF mission and the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't played that stuff, you don't want to get spoiled to listen to this episode. Otherwise, hello, welcome, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Kim, how's it going today? It's going good. It's a beautiful day. It's been very gloomy, which I've really been enjoying. I love gloom. I love gloom so much. We get it so nice. rarely here, but um, mm. it's actually like a sunny day today, which I suppose is nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, has its merits. Yeah, you know, it's been a nice weekend. How how about you? How's it going? Good. I'm 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 doing great. I had intended on playing the IFF mission this morning before we recorded, but then I wound up playing it last night and then I was fucking ratcheted <laughs> up uh before I went to bed. So that was uh, a delightful time. Yeah, but, we'll have to share some of the messages that you Yeah. Me. Yeah, if you've seen today's episode tweet, uh <laughs> that was how I was feeling. Yep. Uh, and then that just that that feeling continued for another like 30-ish minutes and then I tried to go to sleep. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> it's a great time. Uh, yeah. And I'm excited to, for the stuff we have to talk about today. So let's get to it. But first let's start with the bullshit that you have for us today, Kim. Indeed. So <laughs> I've been waiting for us to have the full squad, uh, to yes. finally be able to talk about the entire dirty dozen. Uh, and yeah. the, the day has finally arrived. Um, right. and by popular demand, by which I mean, one person asked for this, <laughs> Okay. I would like to talk about what my Nana would think about yeah! <laughs> the Mass Effect squad mates. We're going to do Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2. Um, okay. uh, for those who didn't listen to our 13 Sentinels uh, season, this was uh, this is a repeat theme, but mm. um, it was uh, well received. And, yeah. you know, it's hard not to think about now. <laughs> so this is uh, what my very Italian late grandmother would have thought. Thank you, Nana. We're going to start easy with Jacob and Caden because mm. she would love them for the same reason, which is that they're just generically handsome men. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really all. That's pretty much all it would take. <laughs> sure. You know, and I feel like they'd both be very like polite mm-hmm. and kind to an old lady. And so mm. I, she'll just she would eat it up, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I think she'd also... I think she'd also really like Ashley um, mm-hmm. because she was religious. Mm-hmm. Ashley's religious. But mm-hmm. I think at some point there would be a schism because Nana sure. was Catholic and Ashley strikes me as more some kind of Protestant Christian. I have to be honest. Sure. I don't know the difference between all of them. And so I think at some point like Nana would like mention a saint or something and Ashley would be uh. like, oh, well, I don't really you know, we don't really do the saints. And um, I think that that would. <laughs> that would put Nana off immediately. Yeah. What about the the military family angle? Would how would Nana feel about that stuff? Oh, 
that might that that would score Ashley some points since my yeah. my grandfather did serve. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That that would probably she'd she'd get out. We have, you know, one of those like we gave her one of those like window box shadow box. Yeah, yeah. Shadow box with like the the flag folded out. And she would like mm. show all of his like, you know, his purple heart and everything. She would be mm-hmm. showing all of that stuff to Ashley and of Ashley course. would appreciate it. Absolutely. She would. I think Ashley would lose her shit. Honestly, she probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking about how like in the mass effect time that stuff is probably like really cool because That's by then say, world yeah. war ii is so long ago yeah uh, yeah anyway i don't know i i, I should have i forgot to say at the top too we're just gonna pretend we're just gonna ignore the fact that like any alien would freak nana out we're just gonna sure. we're just gonna smooth sure. that over um right. so for some reason i think she would also really like thane because i feel like thane would just like sit with her and have tea and listen to her stories and he would Definitely. tell stories with like his you know perfect memory yeah. and they'd reminisce about like their own <clears throat> respective good old days sure yeah i think that's true i thane strikes me very much as kind of a not a people pleaser, but he's just kind of like he's kind of uh, Jacob and Caden esque, like at first <laughs> blush, like he's just kind of there and he is a guy who will be like pretty pleasant to be around mm-hmm. uh, in most cases, unless you're, you're like, you know, the target of his assassinations or something. <laughs> but otherwise, otherwise, I think it'll be great. Yeah, I think so. I think she would think that Garrus was funny and therefore she would like him. Um, (laughs) You know, like I like I said, during the 13 Sentinel season, she likes she likes sort of like a quippy jokester. Um, Mm. And I think that he would to humor her eat her food, even though Turians can't eat human food and he'd end up on the toilet for like three days. Oh, but I Garris. think he would do it, <laughs> buddy. Oh, man. Uh, he'd be like, "It'll be fine. It'll be fine." Um, and then it's like, definitely not fine. But, <laughs> but Nana loves it. Yeah, I feel like Garrus is such a wild card. Like, yeah? I really don't know. Like, I can't. I can't say for sure how he would act in a given situation mm-hmm. ever. Really, I don't think. Interesting. You know, like a casual situation. I guess a situation where he has like no no stakes in it. I really don't know how he. Like, I, I can't, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. visualize or think about how he would act in, in a situation that is like just like casual hangout, right. you know, not, it's like, not not, like killing, <laughs> not like killing somebody or like not no anything. Involved. He doesn't he doesn't like super have like a vested interest in, you know, meeting Nana. I mean, I guess if you guys are together. Right. Sorry. If the yeah, the, <laughs> I guess I, I should have set up the idea is um, I am dating each of these members of the the Normandy squad. Lucky you. Come Good across. For you. I know. I'm so lucky. My my 12. <laughs> plus girlfriends and boyfriends yeah yeah well in that in that case then i think i think you're totally right he's gonna just do whatever to to make nana happy and he will Mm -hmm. just like destroy his body for it probably (laughs) yeah conversely tolly i think nana would think she's very sweet but she would Mm. get upset when tolly couldn't eat anything that she offered because tolly is not going to destroy her quarry and stomach not only because she's just like smarter than that but also like it could literally kill her if she like gets some foreign bacteria or something um and so that would that just would not fly not even a not even a single meatball says nana yeah exactly absolutely not like oh you can't even have one like she doesn't understand how like quarian immune systems work she didn't get it (laughs) i think she also would not like legion 
Um, she was never great at technology. Like it was one of those things where like we bought her an iPad and she never used it. And the only oh phone God. she ever had was that like jitterbug flip phone yes, for, for the elderly with the big buttons. Yeah. Um, for the elderly. <laughs> so I just I, I don't think she would understand Legion's whole deal. I, yeah. Like they would try to explain like, well, you know, we're 1,183 platforms in this one unit. And she'd be like, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> just trying to can like conceptualize the analog that Nana would have for something like that. And I just don't know if there is. One. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if there is one. Although I will say maybe there's a situation where like i don't know there's something wrong with the tv or something and legion can just like jack yeah jack into yeah. the matrix and fix it and then suddenly suddenly they're they're looking a little bit better in nana's eyes yeah they're pretty pretty nice to have around yeah you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i don't think she would like joker because i just don't see joker making the effort you know like he's he's not going to do the garris thing i don't think like he'll be pleasant yeah. enough but he's not going to try that hard she <laughs> we used to have a, a dog named percy who was um like uh he had a, he he had a big personality um a bit of attitude and she used to say that he was quote fresh um, and that's, I think the word that she would use to describe Joker. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely Joker is fresh mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, Nana better than I do, but I feel like it could go either way, you mm -hmm. know, depending, depending on like when the jokes hit, right. I feel like it could either make or break that whole relationship. I think you're right. Yeah. Like, I just don't think that he would hold back definitely at the not. moments that he needs to hold back. So it's, it, it would be a dangerous territory. Mm. And also, I will say, I think, you know, Nana spiritually, I feel like you. Wow. Thank you. Know. you. I'm honored. Honestly. <laughs> the next one was interesting. I was, as always, Zaid is like one of the most difficult to pin down. But yeah. I had this thought that like I could just see Zaid having a side of him that's extremely polite to old ladies. Yes. And so I think that they would actually kind of hit it off. And I think they'd share mob stories. <laughs> oh, shit. OK. <laughs> Whoa. I told you the story uh, last time about how uh, Nana claims that she smuggled diamonds for, for the mob in New York. I think so. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. They were, she would put them in a baby carriage and wow. like walk them from location A to location B. I have no idea if this is a true story. <laughs> I mean, but who cares? You know, yeah, like, I don't know if any Zaid stories are true either. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a but, really good point. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think you're totally right. Zaid seems like the kind of guy who's like would be just like super nice to an old person, mm -hmm. especially if she's like, oh, well, I'm like making you a meal and stuff. Right. Yeah. As uh, long as she's not getting in the way of him and his revenge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think that would honestly be like a really great relationship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Miranda, I don't think she would like her. She'd see her as a threat. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay especially if jacob and caden were also around i just i don't know why i just i don't think that miranda notwithstanding that she is perfect right. i feel like she'd come across a little cold and i think i'm actually going to go ahead and lump samara and morinth in with this too too cold too perfect yeah too intimidating they're not, they're not very charismatic i feel like oh man i feel like morinth has an energy that could be kind of fun you know, but if but if it's an intimidation thing, I think I could see I could definitely just see it mm -hmm. that none of that mattering and her just being like, oh, yeah, well, 
Yeah. Yeah. Even even in her old age, Nana was very vain. And sure. <laughs> so I just don't I don't think that she would like having uh, another incredibly beautiful right. sort of like confident woman around. Mm, um, I see. I she's see, I see. she's got to be the queen bee. Right. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. She would treat Grunt like he was a big grandkid and they would get along super, super well. You yeah. know, Grunt is eating anything she puts in front of him um which is really the most important thing yeah i yeah. like low-key that's that is one of my favorites to think about yeah well i think too like you saying he she would treat him like a grandkid is like yeah he's like sitting down and she's like look at this and it's like showing him like photo albums or mm-hmm. whatever the shit you know and he's like eating it up he's like yes i love this i love to learn <laughs> uh, yeah. which i don't think he really loves to learn but i think he's like he accepted the fact that like you know sometimes people just show you stuff and you kind of just have to deal with it yeah and i think that like she so uh, another thing i think i hadn't shared last time is she during the war she like worked in a factory building bomb sites whoa and so i think that that i think that like she if she talked about that grunt would think it was like pretty cool and he'd be like wow what a cool old lady this is sick human so um (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I th- I feel like he would learn things somehow. <laughs> definitely, definitely. She would hate Jack, and Jack would hate her. Yeah, it would just yeah. Jack has <laughs> yes. no time for like entertaining old ladies. Mm-mm. Um, the end. Morden, I think, would be her favorite. No way, really? Yes, yes. Because a, she'd want to share all of her ailments with him, oh, and okay. he, I feel like he would humor her because he would probably have never met a hypochondriac before. I can't imagine that there were a lot of like hypochondriac salarians. Sure. So he would like delight in being able to tell her, like, "No, you're not sick." <laughs> and then also, I think she loved like to she loves singing and dancing and music and so i think that they would end up singing together um like what's your favorite gilbert and sullivan yeah she wasn't like a musicals person as much but like Mm. i feel like there would be some common ground they would find it she would teach him i don't know like old dean martin songs or whatever yeah well i feel like in the era of like dean martin and and records and stuff Mm -hmm. like whether you were into musicals or not i Mm. feel like some of those things kind of made their way that's true just like onto a record you have for some reason you know what i mean but but yeah no i think they would have a great time singing do you think do you think morden tries to croon yes yeah Yeah. i think i think so i think it's good i think i think it's good good. yeah um i love this yeah that's that's really that really surprised me i thought that uh she was going to kind of hate his know-it-allness no because uh, medically i think she would sure like you know she loved going to the doctor that was like (laughs) that was like a day out for her um (laughs) oh man i love nana I feel bad. I feel like I I am making fun of Nana, but like it's all it's all in good faith and good fun. Um, mm-hmm. She was a very interesting person to have as a grandmother, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she was fun. Um, I don't know why, but I have a strong suspicion that Liara would somehow stumble into like saying something that would offend her. Like Mm. she would, she would go in with the best of intentions and like she would do great objectively, but somehow she would say something like completely 
well-meaning mm. that would absolutely offend Nana to her core. Like she would she would say like, oh, you know, when I do this, I put some nutmeg in it or something. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, don't fucking tell me yeah, how to cook. Like, that's not how I do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be something like that where it's like, like she, I, almost like she's looking for a reason, you know? I sure. don't know why, but I, I, I could just see that sort of comedy of errors happening. <laughs> Rex... I think she would be just sort of indifferent towards like I th- I I feel like they'd be pleasant enough to each other but like they just don't have a lot in common. Rex is busy, you know, trying to save the Krogans. Mm-hmm. Nana doesn't really care about politics. I just don't <laughs> think that they have a whole lot of common ground, but um yeah. you know, I think Rex would be polite. Yeah, I think Rex would be polite. I think he would again like grunt just eat whatever, you know, he's not picky. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he would be as engaged as right. Grunt would be. Right. That's yeah. um, totally my thought. Finally, Kasumi. At first, I think that they wouldn't have a ton to talk about. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I think they would both discover how much they enjoy spying on other people. <laughs> so <laughs> in the last okay. like maybe 10 years of my grandmother's life, she lived in uh like a oh retirement community yeah. um like independent living but um yeah. you know for the elderly yeah. and oh my God. for a few of those years she had a second floor apartment and she just used to like stand up there and watch everyone oh wow she was like one of those absolute busybody and so I think at some point, one of the two of them would look out the window and start judging and the other one would come over. Yeah. And pretty soon they're having a time. It is the most fun the two of them have ever had. (laughs) Sharing this gossip. (laughs) I love this. I love this. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred and ten percent. (laughs) <laughs> that's all i got um no i mean because you're, you're totally right i mean that's because whenever you talk to uh, uh kasumi she's always talking about the other people that she's been spying on mm-hmm. i thought when when you first said that they would figure out they have in common uh i thought you were going to say their love for jacob their love for jacob that's true <laughs> <laughs> that is true that they would also at some point the conversation would circle around to like oh he's He's a good looking young man, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then they'd be off to the races. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. A very wholesome friendship between these two. Beautiful friendship. I think that's everyone. I also yeah. think that's everyone. I don't I wasn't really keeping track, but <laughs> I think that I think I, that, that feels like everyone. Um, yeah. I love this. I always love learning more about Nana mm-hmm. uh, and and her uh, <laughs> feelings about people. <laughs> So, Kim, thank you so much for this. Uh, thank you for, for joining me. I can't wait for the next time Nana joins <laughs> us uh, on the show. Um, but for now, the bullshit is done. Okay. It's over. It's over. No more. <laughs> so let's move on now. Uh, I know we have a little bit of stuff to catch up on uh, post Tally's loyalty mm-hmm. mission uh, before we head into some other stuff. So let's head to the Normandy. Uh, I believe I talked about my post tally stuff last week. So what did you have today? Well, I, I did that conversation this time just to highlight a few things. Um, she said, you're the only one there for me, Shepard. The only cover I had against that storm. Mm. Thank you. Beautiful. Mm. Gorgeously written. She also says that 
there have been calls for her to replace her dad. And about that, she says exile might have been easier. (laughs) Oh, my God. And she also says my father is something like my father would be honored that I chose to remember him by blowing up a lot of geth. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, that was everything uh, with Tali. Mm -hmm. I also had (laughs) just some interesting chats with Kasumi. A few Mm. interesting lines. Um, So Kasumi this time around goes, you might want to dial down Jack's biotic implants before you hook up with her again. Um, (laughs) She said something like, I don't think that Cerberus can afford to build another Normandy. Holy shit. Oh, my God. That's so good. Yeah. Which like this raised so many questions for me because Miranda was acting Uh like nothing was wrong. Yeah. But Kasumi knows. Yeah. So like, which like, obviously, if anybody was going to find out, it would have been Kasumi. Right. But like, I was just like, I have so many questions about this. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, Who so else yeah. heard? <laughs> uh, and speaking of things that Kasumi knows, mm-hmm. she said she noticed that Samara's not acting like herself lately. Not that I'd mention that to anyone else. So oh she's like, God. I think I know what she did here. <laughs> And I'm not going to tell anyone about that. Holy but, shit. Ugh, yeah. I love that. I love her so much. Wow. That's great. I love that they gave her those lines for yeah. these specific scenes. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I just wanted to talk about some mail that I got. I don't know if you had any other. Yes. Yes. I also wanted to talk about a piece of mail. <laughs> yeah. So um, the first one was from Bailey. Yeah. About Coliot. Just um, he says the Coliot's been doing work for him around the Citadel, trying to like clean up the wards. He's helping the kids in the vents mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and he says i don't know if your drell and mine are talking but like i encourage kolyat to reach out to his dad and you know otherwise mm-hmm. it's i guess it's just gonna take some time mm-hmm. which again feels i like we talked a little bit about how the resolution for those two is like not if you could even call it a resolution it's not like totally clean and so mm-hmm. it's nice to see that sort of like carried on here where it's like this is still obviously a really complicated situation difficult relationship um Mm -hmm. so i liked that that was uh sort of acknowledged yeah really good um and then the other piece of mail was from (laughs) admiral zen yeah dude yeah from the quarian uh admiralty board and she basically says uh yeah so i went and did some investigation on the LRI and I figured out what uh, Tali's dad was doing. I think it was great and I intend to continue his work and soon the Quarians will have a massive army of Geth and if yeah. you had helped, you know, maybe I would have been helpful to the humans but now, you know, like it, it's not, it's yeah. not, the vibe is not necessarily, well now maybe the Quarians will take over the whatever but it's it's very much like like, we're going to be so powerful soon and you're not going to be one of our allies and whatever. Yeah, it's not not a threat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very much towing the line. Yeah. Bad vibes. Yeah. I love that one. That was uh, wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really curious to see. I mean, I, I guess I'm just curious to play the third game because I just want to know like what the results of all of these decisions I've been making mm-hmm. <laughs> in the last two games of like what matters like narratively or like, you know, whatever. Um, and I know I can't super affect the narrative because of, you know, physical real life restraints of people having to actually write these stories. But I'm just curious in what ways it affects the things that happen yeah. in Mass Effect 3. It's I, I think 
it works out well because it doesn't change kind of what you do and the story beats that happen but it does change the ultimate outcomes of the stories which is really what what feels like it matters so um yeah i'm excited for you to see all of that come full circle uh, yeah especially with the quarians so yeah that's all i had on the normandy cool uh uh, you ready to move on to arrival i sure am So I actually played this mission last week because I forgot that the <laughs> message we got from uh, Commander Hackett was the the seed for the Arrival DLC. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let me just do this really quick. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, fuck, this is a whole this is yeah. a whole mission. Oops. Um, anyway, uh, just a recap of the mission objective. Um, Admiral Hackett from the Alliance uh, reached out to us and was like, hey, one of my companions, Dr. Kennison, has been captured by Batarians mm-hmm. uh, on Aratot, and I would like for you to go rescue her. Um, I can't ask people in the Alliance to do it because it would like look like an act of, you know, like Alliance aggression or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't want people to a know that we're here <laughs> and b uh, like, we don't want this to, to be traced back and start like this crazy war or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you could just dis- discreetly handle this, we, I would really <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, and thank you so much. So that is what the, the mission is uh, <laughs> presupposed mm-hmm. is uh, very quickly unravels. <laughs> Uh, just some fun color here basically mm. the only person in in chat this week when i streamed this was molly molly and i decided that admiral hackett is another uncle type mm. but unlike captain bailey where you're like i don't i don't like know this guy that well uh admiral hackett is like the cool uncle who brings right. you sour candy from other planets and stuff um <laughs> okay and i <laughs> I don't know if this is something that I made up or if it's implied somewhere or whatever, but I was like, Kenson is, is his girlfriend, right? Or like an ex or something. Um, oh, and so she's like uncle Hackett's cool girlfriend. Um, so that was just sort of like the mental vibe I had going on throughout this whole mission. I love that. She does kind of give cool uncle girlfriend energy, right? Right. Yeah. Like very specifically my uncle's girlfriend. Yeah. Like, oh, I like her. She mm-hmm. is my uncle's girlfriend. Yeah. But there's always something <laughs> a little bit off about her. Right. Yeah. There's something <laughs> under the surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. Uh, that flavor. Um, <laughs> so the mission, uh, we head out to Aratot and I feel like I skipped a section of it of the beginning of this mission because um you're just busting her out of prison yeah okay then maybe not yeah i guess it's yeah. it's it's pretty straightforward yeah yeah it just sort uh, of drops you there and it's like here you are <laughs> yeah that's what my because like i usually don't take you know i take notes in like the cutscenes, but my first note is like just like the whole block of information that she gives you after you rescue her because <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it you just you go into yeah. this prison and you you have to there's some varin and you have to like sort of make your way through there's like it's like a pretty beat up old prison it's kind of like they were trying to make a stealth mission, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, bit. because this is like the first time I like saw guys and I was like, oh, I can go around them. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that. 
Yeah. And I did that. But then yeah. I went around these guys, but then somehow looped back around to like if I had just fought through like that is that is where I would have ended up. Right. But I like looped all the way back around, opened the door and they were right there. And I was like, oh, fuck, I have yeah, to kill these guys anyway. It's not a particularly good stealth mission. No, it's not good. But it is interesting to see them try and do that. Are there like stealth missions in Mass Effect 3? I don't think so. That's really interesting. It's, I guess they it, were just trying something out. I don't yeah, know. it only gets more EA over time, you know. Um, <laughs> <Sure>. So, because <laughs> Mass Effect Three Two is the one that um, introduces multiplayer, right? Um, but yeah, I it, it's interesting, and it made me think of the phrase Mass Effect Gear Solid. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it is, um, it is. Except much less sophisticated. <laughs> much less sophisticated for sure. But like the vibes of like, you know, you walk up to a room and there are two batarians looking into like a torture chamber mm-hmm. or whatever talking. And then you're like, oh, this is information that I'm gleaning from this conversation. Yeah. That is very Metal Gear Solid. of like, And then like you have the option, I, you know, you don't have to kill those guys looking in and you can just take whatever information they give you and continue on. But mm-hmm. if you do kill them, then you can hack a thing and get more information. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so I and thought it was interestingly constructed from like mm-hmm. a game design standpoint, I guess, um, how well it was executed, uh, like a five out of ten. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's like, just, it's, it still just ended up as a Mass Effect mission. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see them trying something new, but, it is. you know, it didn't necessarily stick the landing. There's also mm-hmm. like some elements of like puzzle where you have to first you have to like change certain like valves to stop Mm. fire from spitting out so you can like walk through it which is silly there's also an inexplicable puzzle at some point where you have to like move you (laughs) do you remember this there's like a crane thing and they don't explain anything to you it's just like here's some buttons but there's like a crane thing that you can there's three different buttons that move it either like forward or back or side to side or up or down and the idea is you have to like move a big shipping crate out of the way and then lower like a truck so you can go down into the under part but like again none of this is explained and i was like on stream with molly like do you remember anything about this mission that's i i moved the arm like back and forth like Mm -hmm. like the full rotation like three times i was like what is this doing and then i realized oh i can just jump down like it's like i didn't actually need to do any of this it is so perplexing very weird very weird (laughs) but like listen it wouldn't be a mass effect game without at least one completely baffling puzzle right um (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) but anyway what what you're learning throughout all of this is that the reason the batarians have imprisoned dr kenson is because they consider her a terrorist because she had a plan to blow up a mass effect relay in this system Mm -hmm. which would have like annihilated all of the planets there which Mm -hmm. are home to over three hundred thousand batarians brutal stuff yeah so you do rescue her (sighs) yeah and she's like that's absolutely right (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) what i was doing (laughs) yeah however yeah she she explains that like well the reason we're doing this is because we gathered intel you know xyz way that like this relay is the one that the Reapers will use to begin their like uh, whatever the the thing is. their 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 destruction of the galaxy basically, mm-hmm. and so she's like, so we have to blow it up, or you know they're gonna come 
really soon. And so it's like, okay, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, that's what it was. The, the, so the, the thing they find that like gives them this information is uh, an old Reaper artifact on an asteroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I saw a vision just like you did. And <laughs> Courtney's <laughs> like, I don't know if we can trust a Reaper vision, but okay. Yeah. So, so Kenson brings you to her base on, mm-hmm. on this asteroid. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> the people doing this, they call it the project, yeah. which is so funny. Yeah. Just completely, um, generic. And when you show up there, there's like this big countdown, like in 13 yes. Sentinels. Yeah. Um, uh, b- b- sorry. Before we get to that, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to talk about in, in the shuttle on the way back, she's mm-hmm. like, hey, everyone, I'm safe. I'm coming back with Commander Shepard. So make sure everything's ready for their arrival. This isn't weird at all. Uh, and I immediately was like, something is like obviously fucked up. Like this is not good vibes from these people. And at one point, I, I think uh, like while you're on the shuttle, you 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 talk to Kenson and it's like when you're talking about the reaper artifact it's like how did you avoid indoctrination or whatever and she's basically just like oh well we're like really smart <laughs> like we know what we're and, and like we know what we're doing so like we wouldn't become indoctrinated and Shepard's like oh okay cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um so then we arrive uh and like kim said there's this huge countdown clock that says the reapers will be arriving in two days mm-hmm. which is just horrifying yeah uh so yeah then we we go in and kenson's like okay let me uh shepherd is like very skeptical and she's like trust me like once you see this thing you'll know you'll understand um you'll get it you had to be there so (laughs) she brings you in and uh (laughs) into this you like walk through it's so funny you walk through this entire base she like leads you through it Mm -hmm. and it's very much like these are the battle arenas that you're gonna be shooting in shortly (laughs) (laughs) and then um finally she brings you in the room with the reaper artifact and it's just like fucking out there Mm -hmm. and sure enough shepherd gets the vision that she saw yes. of all of the reapers converging on this this mass relay uh shepherd's like this thing is just out here without any protection <laughs> yeah it's just like here doing whatever um and she's like it's fine you got the vision right um and then shepherd's like we need to fucking destroy this thing and she's like not so fast and kenson pulls mm. a gun on shepherd mm. and is like I think the Reapers fuck, actually. I'm so down with the Reapers, it turns out. And so I am not going to let you fuck this up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone in here is indoctrinated. Yep. And they <laughs> knock you out and she's got weird glowy eyes for some reason. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then uh, it fades to black. We mm-hmm. wake up in a cell stripped of all our weapons and armor and everything yeah it's like the medical bay and they've like mm-hmm. isolated you there um but like it's not like it's not like a, a totally enclosed cell so like you have access to like stuff in there oh it's stuff. like they shepherd was sedated and somehow yes. woke up from sedation that's what it was that's right that's and right they were yeah, like, they were, oh yeah. it seems like a glitch that that you know they seem to be like close to waking i'm sure it's fine and then it was like no they were you didn't sedate them enough or something yeah yeah she's got those that cerberus cells so <laughs> she can mm-hmm. she can't be uh sedated yes yeah, so then they lock down that room right they're like hey go away we're, we're almost <laughs> we're almost done and you <laughs> 
see a uh, like a mech on the outside through this glass. And then for some reason, you're like, I can hack that mech. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you just do like the hacking minigame. And then it's like, oh, you have hacked a mech. Mm -hmm. Um, So you play as the mech. (laughs) You play as a mech for a little bit, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, Gun down some people and then blow the mech up. (laughs) Well, you you gun down mechs, other mechs. You gun down like one woman. And yeah. then a bunch of other mechs. And I was like, this is horrifying. <laughs> I am I am turning this mech against their own brethren. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, yeah, the mech explodes um, and Shepard's out. <laughs> That's just what I said. Uh, after we woke up from the, the, the sedation, um, my note says uh, we <laughs> Shepard wakes up and kicks ass. Fuck, we're so cool. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. It's um, true. Shepard go- now goes on a one man or woman rampage yeah, throughout man. this facility. It's it's bad. It's um, really rough. I, I so, said at some point, like, can you imagine one person is just fucking your shit up this badly? I'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say by the end of this, Kenson ends up pretty embarrassed. You know, yeah. like but when you're talking to her at the end, she's like, come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm never gonna see the reaper's gifts like oh, yeah calm down so you get your armor and your weapons back and like kim said you just absolutely shred this fucking uh this fucking asteroid base apart and you uh find kenson eventually and are like hey stop it and she says no um and you see a countdown clock at this point and i think it says two hours so you were knocked out for like a day and a half (laughs) yeah when when you when you get up you hear the woman's like talking about how oh like shepherds seemed like they were getting up but i think it's just a glitch like oh no shepherds awake and then that's Mm -hmm. when you shoot her and then you can listen to that log again Mm. um where right before you woke up she was saying we've had them sedated for two days okay so it's like that's how they communicate to you this is literally like the 11th hour yeah like this shit's about to go down so like the reapers are coming in like an hour mm-hmm. or maybe half an hour yeah so it's it's dire and uh as you are you know gunning everybody down kenson is like well fuck you i'm gonna blow this base up on you and so then you have to like run around and in reinstall the coolant things and hit mm-hmm. the buttons to to turn off the emergency explode whatever yeah there's a moment where you have the option to warn oh, the veterinarian right. colonies that's here. Okay, around okay. here um so this is this is an interesting mission and yeah. um this is something that I've heard criticism of, for example, Stephen from Into the Aether um, has said a lot. This mission sort of railroads you a little bit mm-hmm. because the idea is it's like half an hour from from Reaper time. And so Shepard just decides to implement the project, destroy the mass relay mm-hmm. and in doing so dooms a bunch of batarians that is not a choice that is given to the player in this this franchise that is all about choice um yeah. the choice that they do give you is whether to immediately try to call joker and get the fuck out or try to warn the batarians which um Jin did try to warn them but yeah, that's as well. that is when kenson patches in is like i'm gonna just destroy it try to stop me motherfucker so you don't get to even warn them because you got to go deal with her yeah so it just it just sort of pushes you into a very renegade 
sort of choice, mm. which is, you know, I can understand why that would feel very shitty, especially playing a, like a very Paragon Shep. Sure. Yeah. I, as someone playing a very Paragon Shep, I did feel bad about it, obviously, but mm-hmm. also... I thought it was kind of interesting that they like robbed you of choice in a way Mm -hmm. just because it like really illustrated the like kind of, you know, helplessness Mm -hmm. in some ways that like the the rest of the galaxy has for uh, fighting these millions of years old beings uh, in the Reapers. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it was interesting, but I do agree that it like feels really shitty. Yeah, um, it feels really, really bad to 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 do. Yeah. Um, and I guess the idea is that because you've been sedated for two days, time is now so right. short. Right. That like you really don't have a choice. It's either, yeah. you know, kill 300,000 Batarians or like doom the entire galaxy because we're definitely not ready. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I can definitely see how as a storytelling device, mm-hmm. You know, you could argue that it's like it's a pretty effective way to to demonstrate that, like you said, feeling of helplessness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I I never had any particular qualms with this mission, Mm. but I can understand like the feeling that way. Definitely. Definitely. Um, So then you have to go around and then do the coolant sticks and stuff and turn Mm -hmm. turn turn the blow up uh, button off. Uh, And then Kenson is like, why did you do that? Come on. (laughs) Uh, be cool be cool let me see our annihilation Mm -hmm. um and so you you know kill her or whatever and the countdown is coming uh and you know you've already made the decision to crash this asteroid into the uh the mass effect relay Mm -hmm. um so you have to get off imminently so you run outside there are some dudes out there that you have to shoot there are some mechs there are a couple big mechs and then you have to use the like uh comm tower or whatever uh outside to then call joker like hey i don't know if you've seen this asteroid (laughs) immediately start speeding up but please come get me uh so then uh you do all that uh i thought it was really interesting here like when you go outside you can see the mass effect relay in the distance yeah and as as out of curiosity Mm -hmm. i was like are we actually getting closer to the Mass Effect relay? So I stopped <gasps> moving and you are, as a matter of fact, getting closer to the Mass Effect relay. Oh, that's sick. Uh, it's just like slowly growing on the horizon. I was like, this is fucking horrifying, mm-hmm. man. Uh, so then you call Joker and you do surprise, get off the uh, get off the asteroid and fly the Mass Effect or use the Mass Effect relay to leave the system. And then uh, you watch this asteroid crash into the Mass Effect relay mm-hmm. and just basically they, they describe it earlier as it basically destroying Mass Effect relay would create a a, a supernova, more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you see this thing explode in this you know giant flash of light. And then it's <laughs> you get sent to the three leg Tim screen and that's the end of the mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, it's back, back on on the Normandy, you do mm-hmm. have like a debrief with Hackett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hackett shows up on the Normandy and is like, mm-hmm. "Hey," and you're like, "Oh, hi." I wasn't expecting to see you. He's like, "Well, I figured I would thank you in person for saving Kennison, but I've just gotten word <laughs> that you've killed three hundred thousand people." Yeah, um, he's like an entire system. Like I asked you to rescue one woman, and now yeah. an entire system has been wiped out. And I just, I felt the need to talk about that. I feel like I'm having a hard time kind of connecting the dots yeah. here. <laughs> 
Um, and so, you know, uh, I, you have some options to like be cagey about it or just like say what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gortney was just like, look, this was the situation. I did what I had to do. And, you know, I whatever punishment you uh, want to uh, prescribe to me, mm-hmm. you can after we do the suicide mission or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, look, you may have just like started intergalactic war um, or, or galactic war. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I trust you and you are shepherd. So yeah, he's like, listen, I think you like, now that you've explained it to me, I think you made the right call, but like you're going to face consequences for yeah. this. He there's, he says some line like, you know, when when it becomes time for you to like answer for this, you better be there in your blues, like ready yes, to take the fall, mm-hmm. um, which is like it was a cool line um, mm-hmm. sort of acknowledging like, yeah, this is like going to be a problem. Yeah. For now, I'm going to look the other way. Yeah. But, he's yeah. like, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything about it, but there will be consequences. Mm-hmm. So just like be ready for an email. That's like, Hey, an you've email. been summoned. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, so <laughs> which like fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, brutal mission. Yeah. Really brutal. Yeah. Probably like some of the roughest sort of scale of consequences yeah. to, to, I don't know, experience in this game so far in this trilogy. Yeah. It's, it's a really rough moment. <laughs> Yeah, I just like still wish we kind of saw more like what did we forget to talk about the part where uh, when you do the comms tower, the collector, the big collector guy is like, hey, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, we did forget to address that bit. This is why I'm this is why streaming has been so good, because I literally just have the VOD open while we're recording and it helps me remember things like this. Um, So that guy shows up like a big hologram of him shows up and he's like, you are so fucking annoying. Like (laughs) (laughs) he says you fight against inevitability dust struggling against cosmic winds fuck yeah cool cool shit he's like you know i know you think this is a victory you just like sacrificed a star system but like we're still coming and none of you are gonna survive and shepherd's like nah -uh." and then the mission is (laughs) there's a lot of like teen rebellion energy in this mission between uh between kenson and that moment with shepherd like (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) yeah that's a good moment i forgot about that yeah um uh, so can you only do this mission before the suicide mission? So the suicide mission, I believe that when you and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that when you finish the suicide mission, it's sort of similar to Mass Effect one, like spits you out oh. kind of before that mission again. So like okay. you can do it after. But I think like canonically, got it, got you know, it, got it, got it. Um, chronologically. OK, yeah. OK, because I was like, I don't really see how this works if, mm-hmm. uh, if you're doing this after the fact. But yeah, I guess it also does make sense for like the events of two to immediately go into three. Right. Um, But I, I think that we, I really like the moment that we did it, I think is a good moment. Um, I I feel like it, it fits that like, this is what we did right before being like, you know what, we, we better get that fucking IFF. Like we've had our fun, you know, blowing up Progia and and (laughs) killing everybody's, you know, revenge and right. (laughs) 
Yeah, these loyalty <laughs> missions were really, in, in retrospect, all of these loyalty missions are kind of just revenge missions. Kind of. Uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, or a, like, is, let me work out my family issues. Yeah, it was very let interesting. Let me get um, revenge on my family. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the Arrival DLC. Really great mission. I thought that was really, really good um, yeah. start to finish. Uh, what I was going to say uh, uh, before you reminded us about the big collector guy, I just wish we had more moments in these games of like i guess for lack of a better word uh humanizing uh the batarians because like me too the only times we see them is they're like you know uh uh, mercenaries or whatever like terrorists terrorists yeah like sometimes you talk to some batarians but they're always kind of mean and whatever and it's you never see like I don't know. Not I'm not saying you have to see these things, but like you'd never see like a Batarian family or like a Batarian right. just like living. You know, it's always like in some sort of dire situation or like on the outskirts of, you know, regular society mm-hmm. or whatever, which I get because they're a non, you know, Citadel thing. But like, I don't know, find a way to put that stuff in there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, they they set it up. So like, you know, narratively, it makes sense that these are the only contexts in which you see Batarians. But mm-hmm. like, I think that it's sort of a a missed opportunity where it their depiction is a little flat. Right. And I think yeah. that come Mass Effect 3, when you see the consequences of, of what happens in this DLC, I think mm-hmm. that it will it'll hit a little bit harder. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I- but yeah, it's it, it's like when you depict a certain an entire species as like a one note thing right it loses some of the humanizing stakes when you yeah when you have a mission like this and i i don't know it's it's problematic in a number of ways to yeah reduce any group of people to uh you know one note kind of stereotype yeah and it feels it it kind of feels bad for them to be like okay well you're gonna wipe out three hundred thousand of this species but also this is the species everyone hates anyway so it's like you don't feel super bad about it but it's like i kind of do feel really bad about it yeah yeah it would be one thing if it was like like what if it was an asari system right what what would have happened then you know um like and there's like you get a taste of it at the beginning when like batarians to to humans are always like you know stereotyped as terrorists here mm. it's the opposite they're like she's gonna fucking blow up our the mass <laughs> the mass relay yeah. for this entire system and destroy us all like of course she's in prison yeah so it's you know it, i think that reversing those roles that they set up in the first game is effective and interesting but it's sort of again like flattens the situation when it's like well but it, but it's because of the reapers it's because the reapers are coming and like mm-hmm. you know i i appreciate that that's setting up like a difficult choice but then they take that choice away from you yeah i don't know it's just uh, yeah it's, it's there's, interesting there's something a little uncomfy with the idea that like just the whole depiction of the batarians is yeah i think that's just kind of like the one of the one of the bigger issues of this game is that it's just kind of a one note representation of this entire species she's mm-hmm. like well that's just not how stuff works you know but right. but i get it from like a you know the standing of where we are in in the galaxy and like you know propaganda and prejudice and all that stuff but it's just mm-hmm. like it's not even it's, it doesn't interrogate those ideas at all it's just kind of like yeah they're all bad and the people you're around also think they're bad so right they're bad. Um, right but, and we're gonna hint that there might be something else going on here but we're not actually gonna yeah that's the thing deal with it yeah, yeah. But anyway, the arrival DLC is good and I'm glad I we played it. Uh, and I think it's I think it's good on a lot of levels. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I don't really have much more else to say about it. Yep. Same here. Then let's continue on to our acquiring the IFF 
mission. That was a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you who may have forgotten, the IFF is the initiate friend or foe uh, system key thing that we need that will allow us to use the Omega 4 relay to get to the Reaper like home space uh, or to, whatever. to get through the Omega 4 relay, which is where the collector yes. base is or yes. their home world or whatever. So it's just a it's a it's a key. It's a we're going to get a USB stick. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so we arrive, uh, at the derelict reaper that mm-hmm. Tim has sent us to. He told us that he sent, uh, some scientists here to just check it out because it's like not every day that you find a derelict reaper. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had been, you know, they, they had kind of set up shop, um, but they haven't heard back from this science mm-hmm. crew in a long time. So, uh, you pull up to the IFF. I brought with me Garrus and Tally. That's exactly who I brought. It really just felt like these are the only people that I could bring on this mission. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know. It's just something about like going to a Reaper. Like I want to bring people who know what that means, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Um, Yeah. Like you, like y'all were in the shit with me. Yeah. Like you get it. When, um, sovereign showed up. So yeah, my homies, (laughs) I love, I love having them with me. They're just Uh, just fun to have. (laughs) When you, when you get in, Garrus says, uh, exploring an abandoned area, expecting something mechanical and nasty to jump out at any moment. Just like old times, just like old times. And it really is. It's great. Um, so we're pulling through, uh, and, uh, we also (laughs) pick up, uh, like immediately before we even arrive at the 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 reaper they're like oh there's a geth ship here as well mm. it's like oh okay cool fun great yeah uh also they tell you that it's like extremely windy here on this planet and then you like arrive in the vicinity of the like mass effect field that the reaper has up which stops the wind and then mm-hmm. you're like oh okay this is what's keeping the reaper from like plummeting toward the planet yeah and then uh we arrive in the reaper and so the science team has set up this kind of like they've kind of built a base like throughout the reaper mm-hmm. um so like y- it's it's pretty interesting actually to see the like clash between the like semi-organic reaper stuff and, you know it's not organic it's all mechanical but it like looks you know organically functional mm-hmm. or something um and then just like the white you know stark like cerberus branded uh right. like walkways and stuff uh i think it's pretty cool yeah there is a distinct kind of visual style to like what is the reaper and what is like the scientist's base and like you said the scientist's base is very like you know this is a cerberus lab um but the inside of the reaper you're right it looks it is mechanical but they it's really quite well done it's really well designed they make it look sort of and i'm almost wondering if i should pull out the book and see if there's anything about it because i didn't i didn't include this last week because i didn't you know want to spoil for you that we were going here although i guess it was kind of um, yeah but i you know i, I get i get you though but yeah it's like they have like there's like sort of like tubes and like cords and stuff like mm-hmm. like hanging around so that it looks like sinew or yes. you know like it, it the way that they designed it it does look weirdly organic inside to give you the sense that like even though this thing is mechanical it is a living being mm-hmm. it's also like when you pull up to this reaper it's just a really terrible reminder of how fucking huge these things are. Mm-hmm. Like the Normandy pulls up and you're like a speck 
next to it. It's just it's honestly horrifying all Mm -hmm. over again. Okay, here's here's what the art book has to say. Yes. The idea of the Cerberus team analyzing the Reaper helped solve a potential level design problem. How does one walk around inside a creature that wasn't built for that purpose? The Cerberus team built platforms for ease of navigation, allowing us to create a level that was capable of handling the combat system. Earliest concept designs for Derek, Derelict Reaper showing the blast damage of the mass accelerator round that killed it. These concepts were made to help decide how alien to make the interior of the Reaper. Reapers are alien, but they are also machine species that would have had a sense of logic to their internal layout. Mm. Great design. Yeah, great stuff. So you're walking around here and you immediately start uh, similar to uh the mission uh for tolly you just like find a bunch of work logs that are like here's some exposition Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you find one from (laughs) dr chandana uh who is the head scientist here tim had name dropped him earlier Mm -hmm. um and basically he's like you know the vibes are bad and people are paranoid and nervous because of where we are and what we're doing Mm -hmm. but it'll be fine nothing bad will happen (laughs) Mm-hmm. uh sign totally. it off and then he like and then we don't see dr chantana in any yeah. other log for the rest of the, the level um, yeah um there's another log mm-hmm. from someone else talking about how they like brought these concerns up to chandana and chandana was like no 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 it's fine and then he's like yeah i i see chandana he's like looking at some of the specimens we found and he says he they're talking to him yeah he says or he's something listening like that. to he's them. listening to them yeah um that's troubling so basically you come to learn everyone in here was getting indoctrinated <laughs> um it's fun having this this mission back to back with arrival too it's, it again, is yeah I'm really it glad was, we saved it for when we did yeah it was really cool to think about them back to back so uh as we are going through uh, the Reaper's kinetic barriers go up and we get mm-hmm. disconnected uh, or not disconnected, but, but uh, like Joker can't, you yeah, know, can't extend the bridge again. or whatever. Yeah. Um, to, to get us off the Reapers. So we're like, OK, cool. What do we do? And Edie, you know, Edie being Edie uh, is like, well, really, the only way to do this uh, is to take down the kinetic barrier, which is uh, means you have to destroy the Mass Effect drive mm-hmm. in the Reaper. Like, OK, yeah, cool. And then she's like, but also that means <laughs> that the Reaper will then be sent hurtling toward this planet uh, and you will die. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Joker's like, I that sounds pretty rough, Captain. What do you want to do? And uh, I chose the option that was like, well, if anybody can get us off of a falling uh, a falling Reaper joker it's you so uh mm-hmm. they're like okay well that's the plan i guess yeah uh Jin <laughs> picked whatever the renegade option was but one. it's kind of like yeah uh it was kind of just like you know all right well we're gonna take that thing out and then you need to immediately get us out of here because um i think the line was something like uh getting burnt up in a in a brown dwarf was not yeah. you know part of the plan here so <laughs> you're gonna have to get yeah. us out yep um so you fight your way towards uh the the mass effect core mm-hmm. and start encountering husks yeah a lot of husks so many husks it's too many husks yeah too many husks it's too many husks <laughs> yeah uh, it was really great to have shockwave uh all the way leveled up because it just Ugh. fucking sends them flying I- would fucking kill for shockwave <laughs> that's what's like i don't know what i would do because there were points where like i was facing another way shooting a thing and then all of a sudden there were four husks yeah. behind me and the, mm-hmm. the rhythm at which they were attacking was just constantly stumbling me yeah so i was just slamming my you know i have it mapped to my left uh bumper mm-hmm. and i was like please 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 yeah it was rough 
Yeah, I had a rough go of it. The yeah. the thing that was most helpful was Tali's combat drone. Yes, um, the combat drone rules. Yeah, they d- get distracted by it. Um, so they all just sort of like stand around it and attack mm. it. And it makes it very easy to to pick them off. And then it explodes, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Singularity also helped a lot here. Um, I would just like shoot it from one spot where they were coming and every single one that would come up would just be, get yeah. sucked up into this uh, this Mass Effect field. Yeah, I got to say the tech powers not super helpful for the not husks. Great here. Not yeah, great here. so I, I was I had a rough time. Yeah, um, but that's why we play on super baby mode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you make your way down a little bit. You find another log of two scientists who seem to have the same memory. Garrus is like, oh, sounds like this is a Reaper thing. Uh, and then you see two husks just get fucking sniped off screen mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I wonder what the hell that is. So you round round this corner and you see in the distance, like really far in the distance, there's like a figure walking on a, a, a catwalk or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can you can kind of see just like a shadow of a person like walk off screen if you're looking, which I thought was cool. Uh, and then, like Kim said, a bunch of husks. Uh, and then if you have the option to continue on the critical path, but. You can continue forward to where you see a bunch of the spikes with people on them. Uh, yeah. And you get some Tali dialogue. Yeah. Which is thrilling. Yeah. So you interact with this thing that, that is uh, tagged as the altar, uh, which is fun. And it's just, you know, people on these spikes and you're like, oh, I remember these. We called them dragon teeth or, or Tally tells you that mm-hmm. people call them dragon teeth, whatever. And it's like, do you remember these? And Gortney's like, yeah. And also look at how this room is arranged. <laughs> like they made this some sort of fucked up altar mm-hmm. to, you know, to the Reapers. So that is horrifying. And it's like, this is like they were definitely being indoctrinated. So just like a really cool moment. And I think a really neat one of those uh, like crew dialogues that you wouldn't get if you didn't have mm-hmm. Tali with you, which is wild, honestly. Yeah. So then uh, right before that, there is also another log with a bloody researcher on it who is just like spouting, you know, like pseudo religious, like a dead. They were told us we were visiting a dead God, but a dead God is still a God and it still has a will and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's it's haunting, honestly, but it's also mm-hmm. just like doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you head do some more shooting, kill some more, uh, kill some more husks rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see a Geth sniper mm-hmm. friend, Geth sniper, or it sees Shepard and goes Shepard commander and then walks away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. Did you, <laughs> did you notice at that time what the, what this Geth is wearing? Uh, I saw the like N7 thing, but I mm-hmm. didn't see that it said N7 on it. Right. I just saw that it was like, this is clearly a different piece of, of armor that, mm-hmm. that this thing has like right. m- melded into itself. into itself. Yeah. yeah. So when they, when they called it out that it, like it is N7 armor, I was like, oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you do some more shooting and then you arrive finally at the Mass Effect core mm-hmm. where this geth is just kind of doing its geth thing of like shooting electric electricity into a into a keyboard um which i guess is how you use a keyboard and it's it's kind of interesting you like get the pov of this geth like getting knocked out by a husk Mm -hmm. and then we and then we switch back and do a whole bunch of fighting uh so this arena is like you're in the center catwalk and then there are two there's like a platform on your left a platform on your right and then directly in front of you is this giant you know it is the mass effect core that Mm -hmm. just is continually closing and opening at like you know 30 second intervals or whatever so you do a bunch of more husk shooting yeah uh, and a bunch of 
big blue ball shooting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I brought with me the collector like laser beam. Um, yeah. For this. Me which too. Yeah, it was. Which I, I forgot to use until like the third time the thing opened. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it took a it took a hefty chunk out of out of it. Yeah. Um, which was nice. So then you destroy the core and you know you're like okay well we gotta go we gotta go uh but also we're gonna rescue this geth because it saved our life and also it would be crazy interesting to have like a fully intact yeah. geth on the ship and tally's like i don't tally's know about like, that what the fuck dude yeah. <laughs> and shepherd's like we don't have time to argue we gotta go mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we cut to the outside uh and joker pulls up and we jump across a gap <laughs> my favorite thing is like the here's the thing <laughs> I don't know if you'd notice, but like mm. gravity in this scene yeah. is like all fucked up because the first thing you do is you yeet Legion yeah. or you yeet the Geth across the, like this from this platform to the bridge. And it like they just float there. <laughs> yeah. um, but then you jump as if gravity were f- like functioning at this i don't know maybe it's we have our little gravity boots on or something but yeah it's it's very bizarre it's a cool scene but Uh it doesn't make a whole lot of sense (laughs) anyway and so then we fly away and we head to our uh normandy debrief scene Mm -hmm. uh where miranda is like cerberus could use this fully functional geth that would be cool and jacob's like absolutely fucking not we have to send this thing to space are you crazy space it space it now (laughs) yeah um and then miranda tries to <laughs> persuade shepherd by saying cerberus would pay you a lot of money for an mm-hmm. intact geth and courtney is like no <laughs> i want to know why it helped us uh yeah. and why it has n7 armor strapped to it yeah and so miranda's like well okay fine and they kind of go back and forth jacob and miranda and shepherd is like shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> go do your work i'm gonna go take care of this geth and if it starts going bad we will send it to space okay mm-hmm. thank you goodbye and that is the end of that scene. Right. And then Edie pops in uh, in in the next bit and tells you that integrating the IFF is going to pose a lot of risks uh, because it is Reaper technology um, and it like has stuff in it that we don't really know what it is or really how it functions. And we won't know mm-hmm. until Edie is like able to connect it to the ship. Um, so she's like, maybe chill for a little bit and I will do this like as slowly and safely, but also as quickly and safely as mm-hmm. possible. Um, so it'll be done in a couple hours. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the way that they set this up is like very funny, but the idea is, I mean, did you talk to anyone in the Normandy in between here or did you mm-hmm. just, I talked to Tally. That's really it. Um, Just because I have more uh, conversations to have with Tally. Uh, Thane still doesn't want to talk to me. He's still thinking about what we talked about last time. So whatever. And everybody else is just hanging. (laughs) That's just like the stat. Did you I forget. Did you you're you're on a potential romance path with him? No, I'm pretty sure I I locked it off if I had to guess. Okay. Because every time I try and talk to him now, he's like, I'm thinking about what we talked about last time. It's like, okay, well, this. (laughs) Okay. I don't know yeah. if this uh, if this will turn into another conversation or not, but I guess I'll check after the next mission. Yeah, um, I think there's probably I don't recall exactly, but I think there's probably sort of a last bit of dialogue for everyone. Cool. cool. 
so yeah, I talked to Tali and she's like, hi, I have a fever. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, oh man, I'm sorry that you're sick. Like, do you need anything? Like, do you need to, to, to like take a couple hours off or just like take a nap or whatever? She's like, well, so the way that Quarians get sick, it's like not re it's not like actual sickness. It's not like what you would think of as being sick. It's kind of just like an allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> Um, and this is the shit that, you know, I love, mm-hmm. uh, of just like learning wild stuff about alien races. Yeah. And so she tells you that, uh, the Quarren homeworld didn't have insects on it. So the plant life had to adapt to use larger mammals in order to pollinate larger mammals, such as the Quarren people. <laughs> and so for some reason, this like affected the Quarrens in the way that their immune system stayed weak. Uh, and and we're more likely to adapt to a contamination than to fight it. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure the connection. The connection between... is not clear. Okay. I'm sure it made sense to whoever wrote it. Maybe yeah. they like pulled some dialogue out or whatever. And I know like I, I had to read John Guns, Germs and Steel in school. And so there is a connection between like like animal domestication mm. and illness. And mm. so I I don't know, maybe the implication is that like, because we developed symbiotic relationships with plants, it's like we didn't domesticate animals and we didn't get disease. I have no idea. Mm. I, like it, it doesn't really make sense to me, but I'm sure that there is some like biological explanation for it. But sure. yeah, basically the, the long and short of it is that because of this thing with the plants, now <laughs> our immune systems adapt to sickness instead of fighting it mm-hmm. which is like i don't know it's a very interesting kind of I- idea but the idea is that after they were ejected from their home world mm-hmm. the flotilla was just like completely sterile and so that adaptability was like lost over time yeah and now it's like you know <laughs> What is that thing from Parks and Rec that Chris Traeger says? There's like a grain of sand in the microchip. Um, Oh, God, I do not remember. (laughs) I do not remember, but uh, hopefully I can find it. I only remember because it is one of the best episodes (laughs) of the entire series where everyone gets the flu. Yes, Um, I do remember that scene, that episode. Yeah. Hopefully I can find the, uh, the uh, a clip of that to put in the episode. That would be delightful. I hope you do the part where he goes, stop pooping <laughs> yes he's looking mirror. at himself in the mirror yeah. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember the i remember the episode i don't remember that sand line but anyway yeah so that's fucking sick i love it so much and uh you know in that conversation also she tells you about uh that you know quarians can like lock off sections of their suits to stop uh like exterior infections or whatever bacteria mm-hmm. from like spreading to other parts of the body and and perhaps causing death or whatever and like that's what happened <laughs> to her uh she had like shut off because she got a, a a cut or something and then didn't fully sterilize the area and so then bacteria got in and now she's having this just like bad allergic reaction mm-hmm. um which leads you to the next part of this conversation uh talking about like the ultimate show of trust in the quarian culture is like merging suit environments mm-hmm. um with with a person that you really trust which leads tally to say this line i haven't trusted anyone enough for that though except well no quarians uh you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh and to which Courtney replied i trust you too <laughs> yeah and then she said like you know it's not possible but i would be honored to link suits with you shepherd which i just thought was really really sweet and that's that that's it that's the whole conversation uh it was really really nice i love yeah. tally so much 
Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I got this conversation as well. Um, and then I had some other additional Normandy stuff, but it was after sure. this this next part. So oh, we'll talk about it then. <laughs> yeah. So hey, maybe you thought the IFF mission was over. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. So uh, you know, you do some stuff around the Normandy, and then Edie's like, hey. I think it's ready, <laughs> uh, but maybe maybe come come to the or go to the go to the galaxy map and see what's up. And so you head to the galaxy map, and she's like, "Okay, it's it's like maybe ready, but like we haven't really tested it or anything, and like there could still be stuff that's like fucked up and wrong, uh, and so we don't want to like jump or anything." while we don't really fully understand what the IFF is doing to the Normandy. Mm -hmm. And so Shepard's like, okay, I guess I will take me and the other 11 uh, or the other 10 so far um, of us uh, uh, off the ship in a shuttle and do whatever missions we need to do that way. And yeah, so, they're like, oh, just take everybody and you can decide that later yes. who you're going to take on your next. It's mission. really interesting that they're like they're <laughs> trying to set up like they're it's, it feels like they purposely did the like clumsy video game. Like we're going to set up something new for you mm-hmm. of Miranda being like, yes, you get on the shuttle and then you can decide later who you would like to mm-hmm. take on a mission with you. Like it's like, oh, OK, we're like trying to you know in in universe describe this thing but it's like the game was i think trying to bluff you it's a ruse yeah it's a ruse for sure yeah because as soon as they leave uh uh shepherd and everybody else (laughs) some shit fucking goes down yeah i don't remember the specifics because i like blacked out (laughs) (laughs) you you sent me a message yes um that i will do let me do my best to translate (laughs) it from gibberish what the fuck him oh my god i was just doing my rounds on the ship and then we left in a shuttle and now we are being boarded and i am joker (laughs) what the fuck yeah um so it's it's a fun moment uh joker Mm -hmm. and Edie are like sitting in the front of the ship and they're talking about the iff thing and then Edie's like oh it looks like we're being tracked and joker says tracked or no she's like the iff is sending our location to someone and joker's Mm -hmm. like to who and then we go to the outside of the normandy (laughs) and out of you know mass effect space or whatever the fuck this Mm -hmm. giant fucking collector ship shows up uh and it's just terrifying yeah Um, it is so awful and scary and it's like oh shit uh okay yeah um and then immediately all of the personnel on the ship take like combat stations everybody's got guns they're standing by doors Mm -hmm. whatever (sighs) and um joker's freaking out Mm -hmm. and Edie's like listen i need you to unshackle me i need you to unshackle my ai if you unlock this is my sealed databases Mm -hmm. i can initiate countermeasures um you need to like get to the ai core to do it and then you start playing as joker yeah oh man this is not what i thought you meant when you said (laughs) talk to me in a couple of weeks Um, yeah about about joker being playable (laughs) yeah Um, well i had thought that like sometime during the suicide mission or something something would happen with the ship and then joker would like follow you mm -hmm. but no yeah (laughs) it's like you are alone and you are joker yes it forces you to live through this moment of Mm -hmm. you know joker making his way to try and put Edie in charge of the ship uh, right. And so, you know, you you begin to head toward the elevators and then the elevator doors open and it's the scions. No, I don't think that's what they are. There, there are scions and there are also just like the big buggy big floating guys. collector guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much the bipedal ones. No, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. But it's fucking terrifying. Like it's fully like like a horror sequence. Yeah. Of um and as Joker, you can only move so quickly. He can't he can't run. He can't he sprint. He doesn't have a fucking gun. <laughs> yeah. He just has to, you know, move at his own pace. And Edie is like lighting up sort of a path for you as yeah. you go. Um, and you're watching all of these other crew members who suddenly all have names. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> try to stop them and they're like also like joker go this way go this way like they're they're like helping you yeah it is it's a great fucking sequence yeah it's incredible so yeah you you make your way as joker to the ai core uh, some good voice acting here from seth mm. green where he's like shit 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 shit, yeah. shit like freaking the out classic seth green voice acting yeah um it's <laughs> it's so awesome that like you you find uh or not find there there are like ladders that you've seen throughout the game but mm-hmm. you can't use um mm-hmm. but joker does because they like take you through the the vents or whatever or like the emergency routes to places right um and you get the like ship loading screen but instead of the like elevator going down it is like right. this little red dot that is joker like going through this path to the mm-hmm. next area just fucking awesome design choices here like really great shit 10 out of 10 so you eventually arrive at the drive core or the ai core which is like through the the med bay you know where chakwas Mm -hmm. is um and you arrive and legion is there laying in the back or sorry the geth whatever um and is just like there and you have to give Edie all the power to the ship and so you do do that There's some great lines here where, yes. like, as he's doing it, Joker goes, this is all Joker's fault. What a tool he was. I have to spend all day computing Pi because he plugged in the Overlord. The Overlord. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Uh, and then after he does all that, you know, she gains control of the ship and is like. I, I started taking notes here because uh, my game and stream crashed in the middle of this uh, this <laughs> sequence. And luckily, autosave was it, it was fine. But I was just like, oh, I'm just going to call it there. Um, so I just started taking notes and said but um so she says great now with this i can do like defensive measures but i need you to reactivate the primary drive so we can like get the fuck Mm. out of here once i do that (laughs) so he has to like go down another you know another (laughs) shaft or whatever i love this line she's he's like he's like oh great so i have to crawl through the vents again and she's like uh i love to see humans on their knees and there's just like a moment of silence where he's just like staring at her like you know blue orb (laughs) thing and she just says that is a joke holy shit man i I can't do this right now yeah and Um, i just love the implication that unshackling Edie means that she can make jokes now (laughs) yeah all the stuff she's been learning from joker over the last Mm -hmm. you know several months or whatever the fuck time is really good so you crawl down yeah and you get that loading screen again and it spits you out in like jack's area of Mm -hmm. engineering her little hidey hole and as you go up the stairs this is so sick you see the shadows of collectors entering engineering oh no way i totally missed that yeah it is it's fucking sick and so you look up and they're like going past and then as they go past you can like get out and whatever um And so this is the point where she says, "Okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to seal off this part of engineering where you are in the main core, like once you reset it. And then I'm going to open all the airlocks and eject the rest of the collectors. And Joker's like, what about the rest of the crew? And she's like, they're gone. She's all gone. She says they are gone, Jeff. 
Yeah, she starts calling him Jeff. Yeah. She always is, called him Mr. Moreau, and now she calls him Jeff. Which is, f- which fucked me up on yeah. every level. Um, yeah. I just simply cannot believe that the game would choose to do this to me, and mm-hmm. I will be uh, filing for emotional distress. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it more after the mission, like how it how it hits. Oh, we'll talk about um, it, don't worry. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that's that's what she does. And, you know, the moment she opens the airlocks, she takes control of the ship and immediately just like whoop, flies it out. Mm-hmm. So the next scene we get is uh, in the in the conference room again. Joker is like sitting on the table, like mm-hmm. clearly fucked up over this. And um, Miranda and Shepard and Jacob, I think. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Are all there. And Miranda's like. I can't believe you lost everyone. How could you do this? Whatever. And he's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? I'm a pilot. Like what he at some point he says, what do you want me to do? Break my arm at them? Yeah. Remember the the reason why we did not mention at the top of this, but Joker has frolic syndrome. And Mm -hmm. so he like his bones break very easily. It's like he couldn't he couldn't fight them. Mm -hmm. He could not fight back. He did. And and Edie's like, listen, we did what we could Mm -hmm. together, you know, and uh, how did how did Gortney react? Gortney was just uh, like you know you did what you could you know I I, uh, I don't fully remember I I was like yeah I was Jin so too. fucked up in this moment that I was yeah. like barely in in yeah the, in there. you you can choose to sort of like side with Miranda and be like you're just making excuses whatever yeah, no, like, I did not why do that. the yeah. fuck what I do yeah I can't imagine anyone doing that after playing through like you play through that as Joker you see it from his through his eyes and I mm-hmm. I don't know even playing the most renegade shepherd in the world like um impossible oh and Miranda's also really mad that he unshackled Edie yeah and he's like listen like she saved us so mm-hmm. shut the fuck up yeah he's like she's good in my books and she says uh, something to the effect of like, you know, I would never betray my crewmates or whatever. Yeah, the I I, I wrote this one down because it's she goes, I assure mm. you, I'm still bound by protocols in my programming. Even if I were not, you are my crewmates. Yeah, really good. Sick. Yeah. Um, and Courtney just fully ignored that. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> uh, it was like, look, all we can do now is just like try and get the crew back. Um you know, the crews that were collected, uh, not the ones that were killed and then, uh, and then make our way to the collectors and take the fight to them. That's like all we can do in this moment. So let's all, let's all do it. So, so that's it. That Mm -hmm. is, that is that. And then we come back out to the galaxy map or whatever. And Edie's like, Hey, if you want to wake that geth up, it's in my AI core. So yeah, feel free, but (laughs) fucking Christ, man. Yeah. The whole ship now, as Edie said, they are gone, Jeff. They are all gone. Yeah. Every single crew member, Kelly Chambers. Kelly's uh, gone. Dr. Chakwas, the chef. Gardner. Uh, Gardner, yeah. The people that were just around in the crew quarters with Ken the family members in New Canton, Ken and Gabby. Yeah. They're, all of them are gone, gone. And it is like devoid of life mm-hmm. now. Um, it's, I, I, I mentioned this to you last night, but I feel like... Uh, throughout this game they've done so much to make the normandy feel lived in that it's Mm -hmm. like not even noticeable like there are always crew members around walking around sitting having conversations you can overhear some of them like and it's like you don't even really notice it but then them being gone is like holy shit like it Mm. it really is it's um 
pretty remarkable how well they they managed to make the Normandy feel lived in in a way that like you completely take for granted until all those people are gone. Yeah, it's really affecting and horrifying and like, Mm -hmm. man, good, good job to Mm -hmm. the team for making me feel like this. Yeah. So you make your way down to the AI core and you see this geth laying on the thing and you begin to reboot it and as you do so Edie sets up this force field yeah like barrier. a shield or a barrier or something yeah. yeah and tells you that you know you can restart this thing yeah she's prepared in case it tries to hack her or whatever. yeah like we're we're we're, we're ready so don't be worried mm-hmm. <laughs> don't be worried about restarting this geth so then you do and it stands up and is very tall and big and begins, you know, just like saying things to you in a very matter of fact way, which is mm-hmm. just awesome. Um, yeah. Makes this dialogue feel completely unique, but also still like, I don't know, weirdly sterile. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just in the way that like a, a an, an AI would talk. Kind yeah. Of. I, um, I took some notes on the actual dialogue because it's so fucking good. Yeah, please. Um, Shepard says, can you understand me? Yes, says, yes. Are you going to attack me? No. And then you get a dialogue option. Jin said, every Geth I've ever met tried to blow my head off. And the Geth goes, we have not met. And it says, you are Shepard, Commander, Alliance, Human. You fought the heretics. You were killed by the collectors. We rediscovered you in the old machine. And so you can start asking about that. Mm -hmm. And um, the long and short of it is the Geth call the Reapers the old machines. Really good. Yeah. And what they refer to as the heretics are the Geth who work with the Reapers. Yeah, they have this great line, uh, Geth build their own future. The heretics ask the old machines to help. They are no longer Geth. The line is, the heretics ask the old machines to give them the future. Fucking, uh, they are no longer part of us. Incredible, incredible line. Yeah. So, you know, a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, we talked about, you know, yeah, last week we talked about uh, the guests don't have culture. And, yes. uh, you know, a few a few weeks before that, Morden sort of said, you know, like culture is is kind of how we, mm-hmm. you know, that is like the essence of being alive or whatever. I don't know if I could show you a Geth painting, AJ, but the <laughs> Geth sure seem to have religion <laughs> and a religious schism. Yeah, it's yeah. really awesome. It's really cool stuff. I love it a whole lot. And I am glad that Legion isn't just this like, I'm just a bunch of Geth in a body. Mm -hmm. And it is like, no, they are not Geth anymore. Like, we are the only true Geth. We are the true Geth. And uh, they keep saying like, you know, we and whatever. And you're like, hey, Mm -hmm. what's up with that? Uh, like what is your name <laughs> it's like we don't have a name like it just says geth <laughs> yeah it's like, no what is the being standing in front of me uh and it's like there is no one being there's a thousand one hundred and eighty three programs active within this vessel mm-hmm. or whatever within this platform yeah. this platform yeah and you're like okay what should i call you <laughs> and then Edie pops up and and gives you the the we are legion we are many uh, uh my name is legion for we are many yeah which is a quote from the mm-hmm. Bible, which Legion yeah. immediately Legion tracks. recognizes it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Matthew, chapter five. They, they say earlier, Shepard's like, how do you know so much about me? And Legion says, uh, we've been watching you, extranet sources, yes. unsecured transmissions. And Shepard's like, you watch me or you watch 
just organics in general. <laughs> they just yes. say yes. Yeah. Ooh. And so Shepard says, which? And Legion says both. Um, so it's like, yeah, they they know about the fucking Bible mm -hmm. because they've just been studying organics or just sort of like keeping keeping up with what's happening. So mm -hmm. they say, ah, oh, yeah, I, I recognize that. Uh, we acknowledge that this is an appropriate metaphor. We are legion, a terminal of the geth. Mm. And yeah, before before that, you sort of have this moment where where Shepard's like, so are you asking to join me? Yeah. And they say Yes, on this subject of, of the Geth future, Shepard asks, what future are the Geth building? And Legion says, ours. <laughs> it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And Shepard's kind of like, and like, will that have any impact on the organics in the galaxy? And the Geth just say, if they involve themselves. <laughs> and, and they say, basically, we oppose the heretics and we oppose the old machines. Shepard Commander opposes the heretics and opposes the old machines. Cooperation furthers mutual, mutual goals. And so, so it is that Legion asks to join you. So you got a geth on the squad. You got a geth on the squad. <laughs> uh, did you immediately go and talk to them some more after this? Oh, I sure no. <laughs> uh, so that, that gives you the, um, the lead into their loyalty yeah. mission. Yeah. So we can talk about that next week mm -hmm. um, and then talk about the mission. Mm -hmm. So yeah, did you do anything else on the Normandy here? No, that just was... want to debrief about how sick Legion is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was, uh, that was it. That was all I did. I just want to say I tweeted it last night because mm -hmm. it was late and I was feeling um, punchy. <laughs> I wish they would let us romance Legion. Mm-hmm. I want to know. I just want to know. And I know, oh, that's, you know, there are 1,000 1, of them in there. And how, how would any of this work? I don't know, but I want to find out. <laughs> I want to know. I'm curious. Yeah. There, you got some brilliant writers over there, Bioware. I think you could have figured it out. I'm just saying. You could have figured it out. If you put your could've mind to it, it you would have figured it out. Yeah. Now I got to go look for fucking fanfic or something. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah. They're so tall. Anyway. So, yeah, I want to talk about some last stuff that I did here. Sure. Let's talk about some last stuff that you did here. So um, we talked about the conversation with Tali. Mm -hmm. I got a little bit more of that conversation. Yeah, I figured. Because I'm a chef. Unfortunately. Um, and so at that part, do, do, we get that line. I've never trusted anyone enough for that except, well, no quarians. But you know what I mean? Ha <laughs> ha. The implication being like Tali trusts Shepard enough to merge suits, in, you know, at that level, at least. And so Jin's like, well, I appreciate the thought and I trust you, too. But like, you don't have to prove anything to me. And Tali gets extremely flustered. And she's like, oh, um, oh, it's really hot in here. Uh, it's oh just God. that tradition. Uh, it, it it also signifies a willingness for intimacy. But that's not what I was trying to say. I don't know. Uh, and she's like all freaked out. And so Jin's like, are you suggesting something? Mm -hmm. And she says, what could I possibly possibly be suggesting? I mean, a young woman gets rescued by a dashing commander and his crew and then goes off to save the galaxy. How could she possibly develop any kind of interest in him? <laughs> and I uh -huh. panicked. Uh huh. And I had a moment 
I had a feeling this is what this message was about. Mm-hmm. I sent you a message. Uh-huh. Uh, your message here says, uh, oh, God, AJ, I may make a big unexpected decision. I said, oh, I love this. And then she said, Jin is supposed to be a trash man, but Kim is soft. I said, yeah. what does this mean? And you just replied with the monkey with the hands over its mouth. I had a <laughs> feeling it was about mm-hmm. this moment because yeah. I, AJ, also had a moment of like, oh, would I romance Tally? If I had the chance, because up until this point, I was like, Tally's fun and cool to be around. But that conversation about merging suits and stuff, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Jin is a trash man Mm -hmm. and he wanted Miranda, but Kim wants Tally. Mm -hmm. And I I was sitting here like, do I change paths? Like, this doesn't feel true to how I was trying to play the game, which is to do things I would never do. Mm. But I had this flashback to Mass Effect 1 in Shepard's quarters and ashley quoting ninth grade poetry at me and i was like i don't want to do that again Mm -hmm. like i just as much as i want to like do new interesting things in this game i also want it to be like fun and not cringy yes um sure and so i responded to tolly here i feel the same way and so i have started the romance with Tali and I was like but that doesn't mean that like right now it's like I could say no to either of them and continue on the same path and so I'm like what do I do do I break up with Miranda here and yes I decided to break up with Miranda holy shit um so Jin goes in and says to Miranda this won't work we're too much alike and we need to stay professional and she says I'm sorry you feel that way but you're probably right it's simpler it's for the best okay bye (laughs) no hard feelings at all unlike Jacob but so after this I was like did I make the right choice I don't know so I looked up the Miranda romance scene sure and it was the right choice like here's the thing like even just comparing the thing that got me And that that made me so weak was the dialogue leading up to the choice. The fact Mm. like Tali's a little like, I mean, you know, you're rescued by a dashing commander and like, (laughs) you know, how like it's it's like very charming. And whereas Miranda's thing was like, do you like my body, Shepard? And so (laughs) I I watched this romance scene and it very much is like the writers knew what they were doing. This is. And I'm sure it gets deeper in three, but this scene is very much like, hey, are you a teenage boy playing this game who wants to hook up with the hot girl? Sure. Sure. What happens in the Miranda romance scene in in Mass Effect 2, spoilers for people who care, is you run into her on the CIC deck and she's like, hey, meet me in engineering. She cleared out all of engineering, which, by the way, there's nobody down there except Tali right now. So she basically was like, Tali, get the fuck out. And then (laughs) you hook up with her in engineering. There's like no dialogue. It's not like an interesting room. You know, Mm -hmm. like I I mentioned last week with Garrus, it's like that is very much just like supposed to be a hookup. But like there is dialogue there that shows that there are like uh, real feelings developing here, Mm -hmm. even if it's just like you're my really good friend and like, you know, whatever. Mm. There's nothing in this Miranda scene. And so I was like, I would have been really disappointed. I'm sh- again, I'm sure it gets deeper in three, but like I want to I like the romance is fun. And so I want to do something that I'm going to enjoy. And so I'm I'm very happy to say Jin is romancing Tali. I am wow. viewing this as his turn back towards the light. Yeah. And so after I made this decision, I also went to the med bay and I healed Jin's scars. Whoa. So he's no longer glowing red. <gasps> wow. Wow. 
So this is Jin's whatever the the opposite of a heel turn is a face turn. Uh, yes. This is this is wow. it. Wow. A big moment. Yeah. There you go. Thank you for joining me on this journey. <laughs> I, honored to be here. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Congratulations for you. Thanks. Congratulations to Jin. Thank you. Our, uh, the trash man, he's not redeemed. He's not redeemed. He's on his way. Yeah. Hey, redemption comes from within. You know, you can, only mm-hmm. you can decide. Yeah. So <laughs> wow. true, Bessie. Uh, I love that. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, were there any other uh, things that you wanted to talk about here on the Normandy or any other face no, terms? No, that was it. No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, then you know what, Kim? That's going to do it for mm-hmm. us today on this episode of the podcast. Cue the music. <laughs> Cue music. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, again, like we said last week, was our one year podcast anniversary, which is just thrilling. So thank you all yeah. so much who have listened to all or any of these episodes. Um, this show is a joy to make. Kim, I love making the show with you. Um, Me too. And I love playing these games and I love talking about them. So thank you all for listening and sharing and for all the kind stuff you say in the Discord. Um, yeah. Anytime anybody says anything nice, uh, Kim and I in our private chat are like, can you believe somebody said something nice about our show? <laughs> um, so thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to help spread the word of the show, obviously you can tweet us, quote tweet us, whatever. Um, you can tell a friend about it. Um, yeah, all of that stuff. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast podcatcher you use. Uh, if you'd like to join the Discord, the aforementioned Discord, uh, that's link is at the very bottom of the show notes, theworstgarbage.online, which will have a link to the other shows as well as a link to the Discord. Thank you so much to Scout Wilkinson for making our wonderful art. It's been a pleasure to use it for the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to see more of Scout's art, you can head to her Twitter or her Kofi page, uh, all linked below. Also, if you like the music, Amaranthan, thank you so much for letting us use this music. music. It's a great time, and I love using it, and I love hearing it every time. Uh, And if you also like the music, you should check out Amaranthan's music. The link is in the show notes. (laughs) If you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's at AsyncPod. If you want to send us an email, that's AsyncPod at gmail.com. If you want to Do you follow... check that? Because I don't. Yes, I have it. Yes. Sick. <laughs> I, have it in, I have it connected to my phone. Um, so so we're, don't worry. If you send an email, I'll get it. Um, <laughs> also, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at AJ Fuleri. You can follow me at Okimmies and uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Okimmies. Um, we're going to be finishing up Mass Effect 2 next week. Yeah, next week we will be doing the loyalty missions for Legion and whatever the rest of the game holds for mm-hmm. us. So big week. I'm really excited to play uh, and I'm really excited to finish the game. I can't believe it's here. Yeah, me too. That's going to do it for us then. Uh, but Kim... What are your final words for us today? Uh, Just remember, cooperation furthers mutual goals. (laughs) It sure does. Bye, everybody. Bye. TWG, the worst garbage, the online.